Welcome to Uncancelled Faith, a podcast that strives to break the culture of division, which so often separates Christians from one another. I'm your host, Hannah Rose Russell, and I'm so excited to have you here today. This podcast is an Inspire Truth production and aims to create a safe space for people to bring new perspectives on topics that are frequently controversial or fall victim to cancel culture. Through thought-provoking conversations, we will challenge the norms, embrace God's unique calling on our lives, and find unity in our shared love for the Messiah. So grab yourself a drink and pull up a chair, because Uncancelled Faith starts now. Today, I am thrilled to introduce you to Ballet Magnificat, an extraordinary dance company that passionately shares the good news of Yeshua Jesus around the world through their incredible productions. Back in April, I had the honor of meeting them in Israel during their tour with Helping Hand Global Forum, where they performed Corey Ten Boone's powerful story, The Hiding Place, for more than 3,000 Holocaust survivors and World War II veterans. Joining me for this episode are Ballet Magnificat's founders, Keith and Kathy Thibodeau, and two of their dancers, Courtney Robinson and Silas Fenema. Welcome to Uncancelled Faith. How are you guys today? Hello. How are you? Good. You all look so cozy on that couch. (laughs) (laughs) So Keith and Kathy, you guys founded Ballet Magnificat in 1986. But what was your background before and how did you come to faith in the Messiah? You go ahead. <laughs> Good to see you, Hannah. <laughs> Great to be with you today. Um, um, I yeah. knew from the very beginning, uh, when I was six years old, that I wanted to be a, a ballet dancer. That was my love, my, my life. Um, I have to say, during my teenage years, dancing really became the god of my life. And, and instead of, even though I'd grown up uh, going to church and had heard about Jesus, the Messiah. I didn't. I didn't know him. I, I I knew about him, but I didn't didn't know him. And so dancing really became the God of my life. And then I when I was, when I was nineteen, I met my husband, Keith. Uh, Forty. That's almost forty seven years ago. Uh, yeah, long time. And he started telling me about Jesus, and there was more to him than that than, than I, I knew, and for sure, for sure. So um, the Lord just. Not long after that, just opened my eyes, showed me my need for him, and by grace, um, I accepted him as my Lord and my Savior. Totally changed my life around, gave me totally different, he gave me totally different desires, um, and to dance for him, this was back in the early 80s, didn't know how how in the world to dance for Jesus, nobody was doing that, I never heard of anybody doing that, but we saw in the Bible where it says to praise his name with the dancing. So we believe that God has given that gift of dance but uh, for that purpose. And so um, began praying uh, together. In the meantime, we were married. <laughs> so anyway, but began praying together um, about uh, a company like Ballet Magnificat. And he slowly began giving the vision for that. And um we started in 1986, and it's uh, it's a miracle that we're still here, and God is allowing us to share His love across the world through the gift of dance. So we're very thankful and feel very blessed, and all glory to Him. 
Yeah, and Keith, you were the one who had the dream about Ballet Magnificat, right? Can you tell us about the dream and then the meaning behind this unique name? Well, I had a, well, I, I, my background is that I was a musician, actor, and um, and ended up playing with a band in, uh, in Mississippi called David and the Giants. And uh, this band was a secular band, and I, I came to the Lord in, when I was 24 years old. And then I went back to the band and said, "Hey, we can change the lyrics of the of the of the, the songs and, and play more, uh, you know, godly music to the to the same style that we've been doing all these years." And back in those days in 1974, I mean, there wasn't anything like that really as, as far as Christian music goes in churches for for sure. <clears throat> and so, uh, um, little by little, they all came to faith, and then. I, you know, I married Kathy, and then um, they we began David and the Giants as a Christian band. So I was on tour with David and the Giants as a Christian band. Uh, we were up in Illinois somewhere, and I was I was fascinated by Kathy leaving her secular ballet company and starting a, a Christian ballet company that was dedicated to glorifying God. And uh, back in nineteen, I guess eighty, what was it eighty? 1979, maybe something like that. It took a while, but I had a dream about about uh, the Magnificat, and it was like all these heavenly voices singing over and over again, the Magnificat, the Magnificat, the Magnificat. It was like angels singing, and I didn't know what that was about. But when it came time, uh, when Kathy finally uh, stepped out of faith and started the company in 1986. Uh, they were asking, uh, what, what's the name? What, what should we call ourselves? And so I suggested Ballet Magnificat, the ballet that magnifies the Lord. So that's I, it. <laughs> I love that name. I Every time I say it, I still, because I remember you telling me about it, and it's it's so beautiful and it's so perfect, especially for what you guys do and how you've dedicated your lives to produce these incredible shows. Have you seen a difference in your life since making the decision to go from traditional dancing to a more godly and God-centered dance? Well, people people never thought that it would it would prosper. I mean, something like a Christian ballet company. Um, Kathy was in a secular ballet company, the Ballet Mississippi, and they told her they they said you'll never get funding, you'll never do this. You know, what are you? You're throwing away your life. You're throwing away your career. And so it was really a big step of faith. We took out we we took out our our stereo in our home, and we took out the van that we Astro van, and we we traipsed around the country. Uh, doing some of the first Ballet performances and uh, started out with about three people, Kathy and two other dancers, one from California, one from New York City area. And um, it was just the beginnings of something that is now uh, unbelievable um, that God could do such a miracle that we could have so many people in our company. We have a, a training program. We have a school of the arts we uh, we have a, a company now in a trainee art trainee division and school up in Bra down in Brazil, excuse me, below the equator, <laughs> Ballet Magnificat Brazil. So it's like these people come up to Kathy. The international ballet competition is uh, presently in town, and uh, she helped carry the torch because she was a silver medalist 
in the uh, international ballet competition back in 1982. And so they had her carry the torch. But these people, these secular luminaries from around the world, from Australia, different places said, you know, hey, uh, you know, they're just, um, you know, just congratulating Kathy on the success of this ballet Magnificat that's like, you know, they said, we, we see you guys travel all over. You're doing so well. You know, you know, it's like, but here we are. By the grace of God, we have these wonderful dancers uh, that have left their homes, their states, and joined um, in the vision of presenting the gospel through Ballet Magnificat and what we do on stage. It's wonderful. It just goes to show that when God really puts a calling on our lives, no matter the odds, we need to go for it and he will make a way to allow it to happen. Because look at you guys and you are really fabulous. (laughs) I still think the performances, I went to see you three times while you were here and each performance was just memorable in itself. But what is the process of creating your shows? Is there a specific message you want to portray through your different productions? Want to answer that, Corey? <laughs> well, I don't create any of the shows. So. <laughs> well, Kathy it, needs to... Yeah, go ahead. You, you go ahead. Um, <clears throat> well, we've been blessed um, uh, to have uh, Yuri Vaborsky with us for a long time. He just kind of retired from the ballet, so... <laughs> but he's from the Czech Republic, and he has done a lot of our story ballets over the years. And he did um, The Hiding Place, you know, Corey Ten Boom's story. And um, amazing, wonderfully gifted choreographer. Actually, we have another gifted choreography on the end. Who you can <laughs> He's working on something new right now <laughs> as we speak. Uh, but so we've been blessed to have Yuri and um, God really used him here to bring some wonderful, wonderful stories. And um, yeah, just we just pray each ballet would honor Jesus. So that's the stories that we pick from the from the prodigal son to to the story of Moses, um, to the story of Ruth, to the Corrie ten Boom. Just different stories that that are filled with hope and love, and um, hopefully encouragement to to believers and non-believers. Mm-hmm. So it was such a privilege to bring Hottie Place to Israel. I mean, it was, and Keith and I had the just honor of sitting in the audience watching the the company dance it, and to and to just be surrounded by the the wonderful audiences that we had, and see their responses, and see how God just opened their eyes to hopefully something new that they've never heard or experienced before, and um, praying that it was it was. You know the Holy Spirit that touched their lives in a great mm-hmm. way. I know we were blessed just watching. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you asked about inspiration for ballets. I mean, what better inspiration than to have the best news that anybody could know, and that's the gospel, um, and and portrayed through different Christian stories, through biblical stories uh, that we that we adapt, and uh, just sharing. You know, it, it comes from dancers uh, that share their faith through their dance it's it's a it's not something uh active you know so much as something that's um you know brought out through their 
innermost being because it's who they are. They're believers. And so that's that's kind of the nutshell about it. Nutshell, that's not a good, <laughs> good word. That's kind of the crux of the matter. So how have audiences responded to these performances and your open expression of faith? Why don't you tell us about your, your... Um, Well, all sorts of different experiences and um, receptivity of different audiences. Um, I was a little bit nervous going to Israel and portraying the story, not sure if it would be um, offensive or just bring up a lot of memories and, and, you know, cause wounds rather than heal wounds. Um, But with a lot of prayer, you know, just trusting the Lord that at the end of the day, what we're presenting is the hope of the gospel and the gospel is what heals and brings freedom and deliverance. And, and so trusting the message of Jesus. And so, especially in Israel, uh, people received it so well. It was complete opposite of what I thought might happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead of it um, bringing up memories that were hurtful, I think it brought up memories and then it seemed like it almost brought healing um, Mm -hmm. to recall and then to also look forward to what God has done. The fact that God has not forsaken them, will not Mm -hmm. forsake them. and I think the same even in the States, um, you know, a lot of people aren't really mm-hmm. aware of Corey Ten Boom's story, or if they are, they're very slightly familiar. Um, and so to see a woman who can withstand such um, terrible circumstances and come out on the other side, not be bitter, um, you know, that makes people ask questions. Well, how and why? And it's mm-hmm. such a wonderful platform to say, well, it's because of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He changed her life. He's changed our lives and he can change yours as well. And um, I think that is so encouraging to people to know that there is always hope. If you're alive, there is hope for you. And his name is Jesus. Um, So honestly, I don't know if I've met anyone who has rejected specifically the story of hiding place because it's a real story. It's someone's real life. Um, I can't deny that. And they Mm -hmm. usually are encouraged because you know, we ask the Holy Spirit to use these ballets, and I really believe that he does. So he goes before us and behind us and prepares the hearts, and um, people receive it so well, but it's all because of the work of the Lord. Amen. Yeah, Corey Ten Boone's story. She has changed the Christian world with her message of trusting in God and forgiving even our worst enemies. And mm-hmm. I, too, was very skeptical when I heard you were bringing it to Israel to perform for survivors <laughs> because you're displaying experiences that they have faced in their lives. And mm-hmm. so for you, Silas, you play a much darker role as a Nazi <laughs> in the play. How did you prepare to embody the character and what was the reaction you got from it? I I feel like I didn't quite grasp the the depth of the situation to be honest like when we were doing it in the states because we aren't as or like we weren't involved necessarily in that history there's a different um stigma i guess or like not any like people don't have a preconceived idea necessarily that is super um personal and so i think i remember in the first show that we did in israel all of a sudden it like sunk in that these people like i'm representing um someone that or a, a symbol that caused so much pain and so much hurt in these people's lives. And 
um, I, I think just kind of understanding that the the more evil that I could be, the better the light could shine and trying to um, kind of make that contrast a lot more obvious so that the Lord's power, the Lord's love and the Lord's forgiveness could really come through. Um, and I didn't really have many people come up to me and say like, oh, I love the way that you did that or blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, yeah, I wonder why. Um, but I, I'm grateful to know that um, there wasn't a rejection of the story of Hiding Place, that people um, weren't put off by Nazis being represented in that story, but people were able to really see the hope that there is in Jesus and the forgiveness that we can have if we put our trust in him. That's so good. And you talk about the darker you get, the more light can shine through. So how did you feel that God protected you when you were embodying the character and you stepped out onto the stage? I know Sherry Pelser, um, who played the high-ranking officer, she was like, she just felt God's peace wash over her before walking on stage. So what was it like for you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really know how to answer that. I guess... Like looking back, I'm I am very very grateful for the protection of the Lord. Just like seeing how I I could have gotten kind of lost in that character, I could have let myself be taken down by just the emotions that come with that, the attitude that comes with that character. But at the end of the show, there's that worship song coming to me, and it it is like ending the show on a sweet note, like having all this savory stuff happen, and then at the end getting to finish with just um, a worship song. Uh, and I get to kind of take off the character of the Nazi and put on the blood of Christ um, and have a separation between an evil character that I am not a part of and put on a, uh, the identity that I truly am a part of. So I'm really grateful to be able to look back and see the protection of the Lord. Mm -hmm. It's so true. The end scene where you're all taking off the the coats and you're you're bowing down to God. It's it sends chills when you see it in person because it's what Christ does for us by washing us clean and all of our sins and even those people can repent and have forgiveness and I just I love that even though there's controversy sometimes over the roles that Christians take on in the entertainment industry whether it's too dark or whatever but how God can use that and he really used you because without you guys in the story it wouldn't be like you said as powerful as it could have been so Thank you for embodying the character and thank you for taking that risk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should see the new role he's doing now. Can you give us a little hint at what it is? <laughs> well, we're working on a kind of a new ballet for the company. It's uh it's, it's was inspired by the I don't know if you've heard of this story, uh the screw tape letters. I'm reading it right now. Oh yeah. Oh, wow. wow. So we have a ballet kind of inspired by that. Mm -hmm. And um, so Silas actually is playing one of the little demons. So he's really yes. playing a dark role yeah. now. So. A little tempter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Now I've got to see that. You're going to have to tell me the tour dates and I'm going to fly wherever you are. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah, I've been I've been reading the screw tape letters with my accountability group. It's a small book. And uh, Jeff, who you know, who was your um, doctor for the dancers for a time, he was at first skeptical. He goes, we're, we're going to finish this so quickly. What's the point of doing it? It's been six months and we're not even halfway <laughs> through. <laughs> wow. We are going so slowly, but it's so good. I every every two weeks we meet and we went from doing five every two weeks to three to two and now one. And then we're almost getting to half. We're like, no, one is the limit of how long we're gonna get. <laughs> Yeah, but the, the name of the name of that ballet that we're doing right now uh, that Kathy's talking about is called Stratagem, and mm -hmm. um, it's um, it's inspired by the Screw Tape Letters. Uh, our daughter Tara Drew Thibodeau Thibodeau Drew mm -hmm. uh, choreographed that particular one, and it's more contemporary, uh, if you want to call it quirky, mm -hmm. uh, very reflective of what the Screw Tape Letter you know that whole thing is and so it it really is one of those kind of things that you really got to pray because it can bring on it because you're exposing darkness in in, in, a, in a spiritual sense the the hiding place was more of it in a physical sense mm -hmm. uh, this is more in a spiritual sense and behind the scenes so it does definitely opens you up for stuff and so uh that's why you know it's so important that we stay you know protected by, in prayer and and know who we are in Christ, you know, and know our mm. know our our authority in Christ. Mm. Amen. Exactly. And now, Courtney and Silas, I want to hear from you guys and how you started dancing, and ended up in Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi, <laughs> from California and Michigan. <laughs> Can you yeah. tell us a bit about it? Sure. Um, so growing <laughs> up in California, um, I started dance when I was. I think nine years old, I had my first class and it was very uh, worship based. She was a, a Christian dance teacher, really emphasized how um, dance primarily should be used to worship the Lord. Um, and from that point on, I just knew, oh, I love this. I love the idea of this. I love moving my body and, and connecting with the Lord in this way, expressing my worship. Um, but she didn't really provide any dance training. Um, and so my mom kind of picked up on that and she decided to take me to a secular ballet school when I was 12. And I realized that I was um, pretty far behind where I should be for my age. Um, but I knew I really wanted to do this. Um, and so I just worked really hard and, and continued to give um, my training to the Lord. Um, and he really protected me from a lot of um, the dance world. It has, you know, any avenue of, of work can be, there's evil to it, you know? And so the Lord really protected me. Um, but I knew all about ballet mag ever since I had that first ballet class with that Christian teacher, she exposed me to them. And, um, I just thought it would be the coolest thing to be able to do that one day. Um, and so when I was, uh, 17, I came to Bal Minificat summer dance intensive for the first time, fell in love with the heart and the vision and the people, um, and I knew that that was something I wanted to do. Um, fast forward a couple of years, I auditioned uh, for the training program. I got accepted, uh, moved here when I was 19. Two years later, I got promoted to the company um, and I've been touring with them for the past 12 years. And it's been such a privilege, such an honor. Um, 
the Lord has changed my life um, through this ministry. And, um, you know, so many people when I was younger said, why are you moving to the South? Jackson, Mississippi, to pursue ballet. Like, what do you want to stay in LA or move to New York or somewhere more like, I don't know, prestigious? Um, and I said, no, that's not where I want to. I want to go and serve the Lord with the gifting He has given me. And Jackson, Mississippi is where it's <laughs> So we moved here, and the Southern charm got me, and um, the people of the ministry uh, just make it all the sweeter. And so, you know, time flies when you're having fun is what they say. And that's been very true. Um, it's been a blessing to be here. For me, um, I, my older sister was a ballet dancer, and the studio that she danced at was started by a former company member of Ballet Mag. Um, and so when I was 11, I started dancing there. Um, and about three years in, I was kind of about to give up dancing, actually. I, I started to not really like it. Um, but my mom was kind of like pushing me to go to the summer program at Ballet Magnificat down in Jackson, Mississippi. And I ended up going. And it was there that I saw people living their entire lives for Jesus. And the the city that I'm from is very Christian culture. Everybody goes to church on Sunday. Everybody thinks that's what makes you a Christian. Everybody thinks my parents are Christians, therefore I'm a Christian. Um, and so I, I didn't really have any examples in my life of people who lived their entire life for Christ. And so when I came down to uh, Ballet Magnificat Summer Dance Intensive, I saw all the company members um, living their lives for Christ in the classroom, out of the classroom, in the dorms, out of the dorms. Um, and I just noticed that it was different. And the Lord slowly brought a love for dancing back um, for me and was very patient because it took, I, I kind of, the Lord kind of uncovered that I wasn't actually saved. And so uh, three summers in, I finally gave the uh, my life to the Lord, uh, praise the Lord. And um decided that I wanted to <clears throat> at least try to become a trainee with Ballet Magnificat. And so in 2017, I came to be a trainee and it's, I haven't really looked back since. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now you're choreographing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is a big risk when we choose the narrower path, though it's often more rewarding. Um, there still comes its share of trials with it. So have any of you battled doubt or fear choosing to honor God through your dancing rather than going a more traditional route for dance? Um, I think for me, it was never really, I think because I started with a Christian studio, for me, it was never really an option to go more traditional route. Um, you know, with ballet, there are certain standards, like to look a certain way, have a certain type of physique, you know, like hyperextended legs would be wonderful and, and archy feet and just all of these things that um, God didn't necessarily gift me with. Um, but I loved the art form anyway. So I kind of knew that a traditional company wouldn't be the route I would go. And if Balmanificat didn't work out, then... I probably wouldn't pursue dance in a secular environment just because of the, even if I were to make it in another company, just the the heartache of never being enough, never mm -hmm. having 
um, the right look or never, never being able to obtain what I really wanted, um, I think would just be too hard and it would be really a struggle to keep the Lord first. Mm-hmm. And I kind of already knew that. So um, it was kind of bound in Ifakot or I won't dance. <laughs> kind of is um, for me anyway. I didn't really want to pursue a secular route in dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for for me, I, I kind of, I think I'm just grateful to the Lord for protecting me from that. Like I never really got the opportunity to go the traditional route. Um, and I think that had I done that, I probably wouldn't know the Lord like I do now, if at all. Um, because I think at that time in my life, it, it was like a goal of mine to be something, to achieve stuff mm-hmm. and have high status. Um, so had I gone that route, I would have probably gotten wrapped up in um, things of this world and just the culture that comes with uh, secular ballet. So um, I'm I'm very grateful to not have had the opportunity to go that route. <laughs> God really protects us, doesn't he? Yes, <laughs> yes right. and He uses the underdogs. Like you said, Courtney, if you don't have a specific look, a lot of companies won't take you on, but that is no limitation for our God. He's always yeah. using the underdogs, always using the ones you wouldn't expect. And look at you, you are the Corey Ten Boone of the hiding place. <laughs> yeah, glory to the Lord. <laughs> is there any um, specific part of Corey's testimony that has impacted your life and helped you portray her? Um, well, it's hard to pinpoint one specific part of her life. Um, I would say two things uh, stick out for me. The first being um, forgiveness, obviously, how she extended forgiveness to the one that hurt her most. Um, mm-hmm. My So my parents were divorced and my dad left when I was a young girl uh, and that caused a lot of wounds for me. Um, and I actually didn't choose to forgive my dad until I was in high school when I saw Balanag perform The Hiding Place. Um, and it just kind of clicked for me that I have a relationship with the Lord. I am a Christian. I am saved, but I'm harboring unforgiveness. One, that's disobedience. Two, um, that is keeping my relationship with the Lord kind of strained because he He doesn't want us to walk in sin, but being unforgiving towards those who have hurt us is sin. So I experienced a tremendous amount of freedom in my personal walk with the Lord when I chose to forgive just kind of clicked for me. Like I have to obey the Lord and what my dad has done to me is nothing um, compared to what I've done to the Lord mm-hmm. in my sin. Um, he forgave me, therefore I must forgive. Um, and so when I did that, there was a, just something that clicked um, a lot of freedom spiritually for me. Um, so that part very um, is very, very personal to me. And then I would say more generally just her steadfastness. Um, she was steadfast in the Lord before she ever experienced trials so that when she did experience the unthinkable of the persecution um, and the concentration camp, she was able to withstand it, not because she was awesome, but because she relied heavily upon yeah. the Lord. She'd done so before. And so when she faced those things, she could look back on her life and say, God has been faithful. Therefore, God will be faithful. Mm-hmm. So just her steadfastness in Christ, I think, is um an example that I look to and want to live by because if I'm not anchoring myself in the Lord now when seasons are well and everything's okay, 
what will I do when the storm does come? Mm -hmm. uh, I was just actually reading in Jeremiah 17 today about how the, we're called to be trees that plant our roots by streams of living water so that we can mm -hmm. always bear fruit. We can always withstand when the drought comes. And so Corrie ten Boom did that in her life. And so I think generally that is how I want to implement um, her story in my own as well. I love that. All of you are truly remarkable in your dedication to glorifying God through the art of dance. It's so encouraging to hear, especially in a world where it's not a normal. And if it if you do it, it's often thought of as either you're trying to be better than other people or there's there's always a stigma that goes around it. So I really applaud you guys for your dedication to God. And I'm just praising him for what he's doing in your lives. I was wondering, though, how has your faith grown as you've obeyed God? Keith and Kathy to establish Ballet Mag, and then also Courtney and Silas as you participate in this incredible company. <laughs> well, it's been an amazing journey for sure. I mean, I I, I was 23 when I came to know Jesus, and um, just to see the miracles. He's done mm -hmm. in my in our lives personally and a life of Balaminificat. And when we started Balaminificat, nobody thought we would make it. You know, mm -hmm. you can't make it. And um, <clears throat> so after 37 years, you know, all we can say is is it's the Lord, it's God. You know, who is who has sustained us, who has provided for us, who has taken care of us. And you know, it's been quite a a journey of faith, but God, God has just blessed us more than we could have ever imagined. You know, when we thought we thought, well, we'll just travel around Mississippi, you know, mm -hmm. but he's had us go into almost 50 countries now mm -hmm. with the, with the good news. And, you know, we, like I said, all glory to, to God for <laughs> what he's done. So. Yeah. I mean, we did, this company could have disappeared. Um, years ago, the, the year that it, it, it was established, it could have disappeared and, and been forgotten. Oh, was, oh, they tried to start something, you know, and it just, you know, just didn't do anything. But it was really the vision, the purpose uh, of Ballet and of God and, and Kathy's heart uh, to share her faith through that. And it, it was like, that's what you need to continue to go on. You have to have you have to believe in what you're you're pursuing. You have to believe in the vision. You have to believe in the purpose. And our purpose is bigger than ourselves. It's it's God's vision um, to praise His name in the dance, Psalm one forty nine, to praise His name with the dance, Psalm one fifty. Uh, it's His vision that brought Balaamificat to pass and brought people like Courtney and Silas into the company and to be uh, leaders like they are and, um, and, and just followers of the Lord and pursuing the Lord, but yet trusting in the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, that's the main thing. So blessed is the one who trusts in me, says the Lord. And, you know, it, it, there is a blessing that comes with trusting the Lord. There is a blessing that 
comes with relying on him and not your own efforts. And so that's kind of what we are here. We, we, um, we, we just basically do what we know to do the right thing. And God covers our, our backs. <laughs> uh, I, I would say just the privilege to have the Lord so intimately intertwined with something that we love to do so much um, has really impacted my life. Um, just to always, just naturally with what we do in the mornings, doing devos with the shows that we do being a gospel oriented story, just having the Lord at the forefront of my mind constantly has been a huge blessing and a huge asset for my growth in the Lord and just, you know, life is full of ups and downs, but the Lord remains the same. And mm -hmm. um, just like seeing his faithfulness to hold me in his hands and carry me through the past seven years of my life, um, just is it, it's a testament to the Lord's faithfulness and um, to his goodness for his people and just how, how personal of a God he, he really is. Um, yeah. It, it really has been an adventure, um, and yeah, it really is a privilege to be part of this. Yeah, and I, I think for me, um, my faith has grown um, being here because as what we do, it's not, we don't only just perform and take ballet class. There's so many other little things that go, that are involved with being a dancer in Ballet and um you just get stretched a lot like you start you do things that you never thought you'd do um you just you get stretched as an individual and to do that you have to rely on the lord because you're walking outside of your comfort zone um like sharing after the show for instance i was very shy growing up i don't like public speaking at all i don't like talking to crowds i'm just very naturally more quiet um and so this is a very small example that being stretched so having to share the gospel after a show um it's just not something that i ever thought i would do but um, when i was asked to do it i first said no <laughs> i was like no i'm not going to do that and then um at that time yuri was like well i want you to just pray and give me an answer in another 24 hours mm -hmm. and the lord like made it so clear that my answer no was not acceptable <laughs> and, yes. and so i knew that okay lord you've been faithful before kind of like what i was saying about Corey's life you've been faithful to me before so you'll be faithful to me in this and so he has been and and then also just you know as a dancer you walk through injuries and um i don't know am i going to dance anymore am i not going to dance anymore um just wrestling with those things and you know god is so faithful to fulfill his promises um, and so trusting him for healing, if he called me to dance or that he would sustain me and give me grace while I wait, um, and all of those things I've experienced. Um, so it's been a faith journey, but I think anywhere you go, wherever you work, if you know Christ and you have a living abiding relationship with him, your faith will grow. Um, it doesn't have to be here at Valley Mag. It can be anywhere. Um, your faith will grow if you're if you're in him. Well, you never would have guessed that you are shy public speaking or that yeah. you have, I was going to ask, I was going to ask like, what was it like to proclaim your faith at the end of each show? So 
That is incredible. And like you said, look, for dancers, you're stretching your body all the time, but you're stretching your your spirit as well um, with Ballet Mag. And I just think that's so amazing. And I love what each of you have said. And I think um, each one of you just had a message there for listeners who might be struggling to glorify God in the workspace or share their faith with others. It's just to trust him when he says to do it and to allow yourself to be molded as he says we are the clay and he is the potter so just be molded into who he is wanting you to be whether that is dancing in secular areas or doing any work in secular um, environments or being at places like ballet mag or in other um areas that are god-centered or christian um employment so Thank you all for sharing that and for being so open and honest about your faith, because that's amazing. So the final question (laughs) is, how can dancers listening to this episode connect with Ballet Mag and participate in either your school or summer programs? Do you have specific ages that that you take on? We we take ages like, what, 11 to 25 for um, summer dance intensive. And they can go online and check out BalletMagnificat.com or our Facebook page or Instagram page and get some uh, links to that. And um, if you're interested in being in the training program, you will you could check on that, click on that link on, on our websites and it'll refer to that and how you do that and how all that happens. And, and, and so we get our company members from our training program. So if you want to be in the company and you have... Uh, faith that you will be in the company or want to be in the company, then that's the way that we have people do. Mm. They get discipled and trained here and they they know, they find out what Ballamon of God's about, whether they want to stick around or not. And uh, we go from there. Amazing. Well, I will put all the links in the description below. Thank you all for being a part of this episode of Uncancelled Faith. It has been an absolute honor to learn more about glorifying God through the art of dance and meeting you in April was a memorable experience. I really hope our paths cross again, either here in Israel or I'm coming to Jackson, yeah. especially for screw tape. But well, we want to go to Israel. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, of course. Well, y'all come back, and then I'm going to come to see Screwtape for sure. That is a <laughs> If you enjoyed listening to this interview, make sure to hit that subscribe button and follow us on social media to stay connected to all the latest episodes of Uncancelled Faith. Let's keep the conversation going and continue to break the culture of division that seeks to separate us. Until next time, God bless.